people talk about Satan and who he is and you see depictions of Satan as a red creature with a long tail and maybe a pitchfork in his hand with a grimacing unattractive face and he is somehow the ruler over hell tormenting everyone who comes into hell as the king of hell and the punisher for all wicked doers who have been cast away from God. But is that who Satan is? Really? So today let's begin a series of lessons and it will have to be in a series guys or otherwise it would be a long teaching. So let's just break it up and what we want to do is talk about who is Satan. We'll talk about the origins of Satan. We'll talk about the sin of Satan. We'll talk about the son of Satan. And I cannot wait to teach you guys about that one. And we'll even talk about the domain of Satan, or should I say domains of Satan. And finally, we'll talk about the destruction of Satan. But for now, let's start our very first lesson to talk about the origin of Satan. Who is Satan? Where did he come from? Does he exist? Now, first thing, sometimes people want to think of Satan as some type of spirit being in the sense that he is some, uh, I don't know, ethereal being dwelling in some all over spirit form. And so people would sometimes say, well, the devil made me do it or that the devil is some kind of, um, manifestation or whatever. But nevertheless, the scriptures teach that Satan is a person. He is a personal being. And to be exact, Satan is an angel. All right. But now let's talk about the angels because a lot of times it's not understood about the origin of these creatures. Number one, they are called the sons of God in the scriptures. We see that in the book of Genesis. We see that a couple of times in the book of Job. And each time that the scriptures refer to sons of God in this fashion, it is talking about the angels of God. It's not talking about the saints of God, but the angels of God. Concerning the angels in their existence, a marvelous thing to understand we see in Job chapter 38 verse number seven so allow me to start with this teaching concerning Satan since he is of the angelic order let me take you back to not so much as to their origin but in a sense to their pre-existence okay Job 38 and 7 when the morning stars sang together by that reference and okay and, and I don't want to worry about giving you a whole bunch of background guys into all of in every single passage but I usually like to do that so you'll know that we're not just shooting off the cuff but this is the context of what God is talking about so I acknowledge how important it is to deal with the background but for sake of time just simply allow me to say this is the time when God has brought forth Job. Remember, Job wanted to question God concerning some things. 
Now God has put Job on trial and God is questioning Job about majestic things that Job had never known before. You got it? Wonderful things. Remember when Job said, I repent in ashes because these wonderful things, he said, are just too great for me. And that's what God is doing. Since you want to question me, you of limited knowledge, let me question you of knowledge that you never knew that's far beyond any man. And one of those things that God pointed out to him was found in Job 38 and 7. And here's our point, okay? When the morning stars sang together. By the statement morning stars singing together, here is a poetic reference to the creation of the universe. A poetic reference to what? When the universe was created by God. Or remember Genesis 1 and 1? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's what he's referring to here in Job 38 and 7. What happened at the creation of the universe? In verse number 7, all the sons of God shouted for glory. That is absolutely astounding. What did he say happened? The sons of God shouted for glory. That means that they started praising God. They were saying, Ooh, what a wonderful thing God did. Now think about what that says. We know that the universe is of untold ages. It could be billions of years old. You got it? Millions upon millions of years old, very old. But here's the point that I'm trying to make. Even before God created the universe, he created what? The angels of God and the angels of God were present, existing, not alone with God, because remember, they themselves are what? Created beings. So they don't they didn't exist forever and ever at some point in time when there was no time Isn't that wonderful. When there was no time as we know it, there was no 24 hours because it wasn't even an earth. 24 hours is based upon how the earth uh, spins on its axis. A year is based upon what? How, the, how long it takes the earth to revolve around the sun. There was a time when it was no earth. There was a time when it was no sun. So this is the time before time itself. And that's when God spoke the universe into existence. But even before that happened, what? The angels of God existed. How? Because when they saw, they saw, they, they were present to see it happen. When they saw the universe, God bring it into existence, what did the Bible say they did? They shouted and praised God for what he had done. That being the case, case how old must the angels be? And there is no reference, and, and guys, I don't have time to get into angelology which is a teaching on the angels. Maybe we'll talk about that in time. But right now we're dealing with Satanology, a teaching on Satan himself, and more specifically, his origin, okay? But the point that we're drawing out from Job 38 and 7 is that the angels existed before the universe was created. And if that's the case, how old must they be? They are exceptionally, exceptionally old, which also means that's why when you get to Genesis 
and you see Adam in the garden, notice Satan was already there because he had existed long before then. But in our teaching today, I hope to kind of show you exactly who he is and where he came from. Okay, but the point we just simply made was Satan is a member of the angelic host, which means that Satan was also present among the angels when, when God created the universe. And by the way, guys, there is no scripture that says God created some angels at one time and then later on he came and created another batch of angels and later on he, there is no scriptural evidence of that whatsoever. When the Bible speaks of the angels themselves, they are in existence at one time. So the point that we're stressing here is all of the angels seemingly according to scripture were made at the same time. Now they have different authorities, they have different classes, they have different purposes, but nevertheless, all of them were created at the same time. Okay. And God works, works amongst them, using them for different reasons. But anyway, let's just go on to the point. All right. So that's the first point that we want to make and that Satan is of them. And then the second point, he is the highest of all angelic beings. Now we'll get into that. I'm going to prove that particular point in today's teaching in talking about Satan's origin, but just, just let me just simply make the statement right now that of all the angels and the Bible teaches that there are multitudes and multitudes of angels as it, I don't even want to get into probably how many untold billions of them, but let's just go on of all of them. Satan has the, he was created with the greatest authority and always remember when, as it deals with authority with God, authority uh, uh, <laughs> equates with power. Authority equates with power. So the point here is if he has the highest authority, he also has some of the greatest power of all the angelic beings. All right. And when we say that, Okay, now let me let make let, let me make so, a few points and we'll work our way through it. As a angelic being, he is a spirit creature. Now, when we say spirit creature, you, you cannot guys. And I, and I know sometimes people get it confused. They want to think about ghosts and things. No, no, no. A spirit creature just simply means a creature of another type of existence. He has another, his existence is in another type of being. Okay. I'll slow it down. We are terrestrial mankind, human beings. Terrestrial simply means of this earth. Remember this? The Bible said when God got ready to create Adam, what did he do? In order for Adam to interact with this environment, God made his body of similar things that Adam's environment was made of. What did God do? He went to the dirt of the earth and he formed Adam a body. Why a body of earth? Because that would be Adam's place, his domain of interaction, the earth. But angels are not creatures of that nature. Notice 
angels can interact in heaven and in earth. Okay, just because number one, you already know what? That there are the angels of God, the good angels, and they are on earth. They are also serving in heaven and throughout the universe. These are the good angels. The only difference, and I guess I'll say it right now, the only difference between the devil and his angels and God's angel is the fact that God's angels did not rebel. They have never, not even one time, they have never sinned against God. But Satan, Satan, that's Revelation chapter 12, when it says what? How that the dragon's tail drew a third part of the star. Simply symbolic language, how Satan was successful in getting a third of the angels of God to rebel against him. Okay, and I don't have time to go into all of that right now. But the whole point is this, the whole point is this. They're spirit creatures. Remember, their domain was not simply intended for the earth. Now, we'll get into that a little bit, too. Okay? Not simply for the earth, but also for heaven. So, therefore, when God noticed his intention for them to act within their own domain, remember what Jude said? For the angels who did not keep what their own domain. Remember when Peter also made reference to this, how angels did what materialized in the earthly plane and took on these bodies, physical bodies. And what did they do with these physical bodies? They had sexual contact with human women. Jude, second Peter, Genesis chapter six. All right. Sons of God saw the daughters of me. But the whole point that I'm trying to say is this. But when God created these beings, he created them to interact with their environment. And they are what kind of creatures? Heavenly creatures. So therefore, they have bodies of the heavenly things. And that's why. And I guess I'll throw this into you, too, guys. You never, ever, ever hear of the death of of an angels things that are of the heavenly remember paul talked about it in first corinthians 15 what kind of body will we have this we who have born what the earthly bodies shall one day have what the heavenly bodies the and heavenly things by nature of what they are are eternal so you never ever hear of angels dying. Why? Because they are made of the things that exist forever. But we are not. Human beings are not. What did God say to Adam? From the dust you came to the dust you shall return. See the way or not? So you see there's a difference and a distinction between men and our bodies and where we are intended to dwell our domain the earth and angels and their existence and bodies and where they were intended to dwell and that is in the heavenly places and always remember this god never took it away from them they still have their form of existence whether they are the good angels or whether they are the bad angels. It's just their eternal judgments will be different. Okay? All right. But let me get on back to Satan. And then we're going to get into our topic today because this is already getting too long, guys. But that's why we have to break this study up because it's so 
extensive. Okay. But the point that I was making about Satan and we just proved as an angel, he is a spirit being. All right. And he is a very powerful being. We'll see that in our teaching today. Nevertheless, although Satan is powerful and spiritual and just because and spiritual, once again, God, it does not mean that he cannot, he doesn't have a personal body. Okay. He, you, you have a personal body. It just simply means the dynamics of your existence, the stuff that you're made of earthly stuff or heavenly stuff. It don't mean you some wind or whatever. All right. Okay. And he does not exist like God. And that's the point that I'm getting to now. Powerful as a spirit being, but he is not omnipresent. Omnipresent simply means what? Then that's a quality of God. He is everywhere at all the time. Remember David in Psalm 137? Where can I go? If I go to the heights of heaven, what? You are there. If I go to the depths of Sheol, what? You are there. I cannot escape you. Why? Because you're everywhere. That's God. God is omnipresent. But Satan is not an omnipresent. Only God has this quality. Satan, and you'll see it today, is a created being. So therefore, he can only be at one place at one time. So if just, just for example, if Satan was in my room while I'm making this recording, he is not at your house. He can only be in my room at that particular point in time. Okay. Number two, God alone is omniscient, which simply means to know all things. Okay. Satan only knows things through his wisdom, the wisdom that God has given him, but we'll talk about that, mark it down. Through the wisdom that God gives him, but he also learns through, the, through observation. In other words, say for instance, just for example, because sometimes you cannot make Satan be God. He is powerful, and we're gonna talk about that. He is powerful, but he's not God. He doesn't know what's in your mind. The Bible talks that God knows our thoughts, what our very thoughts, what are far off. And that simply means even before they are formed in our mind and we don't. And do you realize how fast that is? We get thought. That's how you think. You know, you don't be sitting there waiting. I'm waiting on a thought to come. I'm waiting on a thought to come. No, no, that come almost instantaneously. But the Bible says even for that thought is in your mind, fully formed, and the words come out of your mouth. He knows them already. You got it? God knows the thoughts of the mind, even the intent of the heart. Satan does not know these things. He cannot read your mind. Now, he may be able to predict, predict your actions. He may be able to predict your conduct. Okay. And he can influence you. Let me give you an example. And so Jesus was talking about that. He was the Messiah and he was asking his disciples, what do men, who do men say that I am? And some say this and some say that. Then Peter spoke. Peter spoke. And what did he say? You're the Christ, the son of the most high God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. Blah, 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 blah. But then notice this. Immediately after that revelation, and Jesus gave him a wonderful pat on the back. Notice he said, I got to go to Jerusalem and there'll be 
uh, condemned and crucified and rise from the dead. When Jesus mentioned his own crucifixion, notice Peter pulled him to the side. And there's a Greek verb that is used. He, Peter, got so bold that he rebuked Jesus, the Lord of heaven and earth, the Messiah. Peter rebuked him and said, what? Lord, this shall not happen to you. In other words, don't go to the cross. And saints, maybe one day I'll bring y'all that lesson. What was all that about? It's a beautiful spiritual teaching. But Peter was saying, what? Don't go to the cross. And notice, Jesus rebuked when he saw the other disciples looking. He rebuked Peter. He wanted, Jesus wanted them to see this rebuke coming to Peter. Notice what Jesus said. He didn't say Peter. He said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. See, he was addressing who? Satan, because Jesus, as the son of God, guess who he saw? He saw Satan. He saw Satan doing what to Peter? Influencing Peter. You got it? And even the, and not only that, okay, let me say this, guys, and we'll get into the teaching. Satan is a fallen angel just like the rest of the fallen angels. Now, you got to remember this about fallen angels because sometimes people make a bad fallen angel. These are the angels that rebelled against God, okay? When people think of fallen angels and demons, they want to see two different things. You have to remember all the time. Demons are fallen angels. Evil spirits are the same as demons are the same as fallen angels. They're just the same thing. It's the same thing. Just always see it that way. Okay? So when you say, so if you may hear me say a fallen angel. You may hear me say a demon. It's the same thing. But here's the point that I'm trying to make. Fallen angels slash demons have the ability to do what? Possess people. Remember when Jesus was coming into the region of the Gadara and there he said a man from who was dwelling in the tomb full of the demons called what? Legions. Remember that? And he ran out to, to Jesus. Jesus cast the demon out of the man. But we're going to worry about that. The whole point is all throughout the New Testament, we can see what? Demons possessing inside of people. These are fallen angels, okay? Satan, chief of all fallen angels, is a demon too. So therefore, he has the ability to come into people. And, and this is, and, and, and according to what we basically see in scripture, this is not the common thing. Notice what I said again. This is not the common thing according to scripture, right? Because we don't see it. When Satan himself enters into an individual, it happens at peculiar points. And guys, maybe I'll give you all a teaching on that. But since I'm here, let me tell you, don't you remember? Listen, when Jesus was at the last Passover with his disciples, remember they're up in the upper room. And remember, he was telling them, there is one of you guys who's going to do what? Betray me this night. And finally, when Jesus identified Judas, giving him that morsel, what did Jesus tell Judas? That which you intend to do, because Judas had already made these plans. What did Jesus say? Go and do quickly. Do you remember what the scripture said? It is the amazing fact. It did not say a demon entered Judas. Uh, -uh. It said Satan himself entered Judas. See, he ain't everywhere at the same time. He is only in one place at the same time. And as a demon, 
he can come into a human body and possess it. And when it came time to betray the Lord Jesus, Satan took it upon himself to personally enter Judas to get him to do that. Okay, but that's the point they were trying to say. So he, he, he can influence. So he has that. And also in his power. All right. And I just let me say this and then we're going to get on to his origin because this is getting way, way, way too long. He has great power. Remember, remember what we said about this. He is the greatest authoritative, authoritative angel ever. There is no other creature in all of creation who has more authority than Satan. Nobody. Nobody. And, 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 that, and, and I'm, let me just make an example and then I'm going to tell you what gets on my nerve that I hear. And I think it's because of ignorance. But here's the point. Satan has, when God allows him to, now sometimes God just won't allow him to always, okay? But I'm going to give you some examples. He has the power to give life to things that ain't alive. He can say, for instance, oh, let me just, let me just give you the scriptural example because I'm babbling. Remember when God spoke to Moses, go and deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt. Remember that? And God gave Moses sign power. He gave him the power to do certain signs. Remember, stick your hand into your bosom. It'll come out what? Leprosy. Take that staff that you got. What? It can turn into a snake or take that staff you got and you can be able to turn water into blood. Okay, but, but the point is powers. What is the point? This, these things that God gave Moses to do are divine powers. Divine simply means it comes from God himself. The power of God. But guess what? Remember when Moses went to the uh, to Pharaoh, the magicians of Pharaoh were brought out. Remember that? And notice there are three. Okay, it is amazing, guys. You must remember this. Remember, Moses took his staff and threw it down by the power of God. Moses staff became what? A serpent. And you know what God allowed? Notice the magicians of Pharaoh, they brought sticks too. And what did they do? They turned their sticks to snakes. Now, how in the blazes do you turn? Y'all know what a stick is. How are you going to turn a stick into a snake? Where did that kind of power come from? Have you ever seen somebody do that? But they did it. And the Bible says they did the same thing. But here is the point. And that's what you got to see. It was a spiritual battle going on. It was the battle of light against darkness, of God against Satan. God was allowing. He was permitting Satan to use his power in such a powerfully vulgar manner to contest God. That's what I mean by that. And so. God manifested his power. And guess what Satan did? He said, and guess what? I can do it too. And notice what happened again. He turned the waters into blood. Moses did that. And what did the magicians do? They dug into places, found some clear water. And they said, if he can turn and guess what we can do? We turn it into blood. What else? Moses called up the frogs. What else? And the magicians, through their magic and incantations, called up frogs. Think. 
Moses did these things through the power of, you got it, God. They did these things through the power of the devil himself. So what am I trying to say? The devil has great power. Okay. And, and even so, let me give you one more. Let me give you one more. I know it's long, but you knew it was going to be a long teaching anyway. In the New Testament, Satan's son. And, and I tell you what, leave a comment if you want me to tell you about Satan's son. You always got to remember, just like God has a son, Satan will have one too. He might even be living right now since we are in the last days. Okay. Satan and as God, God's son, that is Jesus, was filled with the power of his father. Okay. Satan's son, that's who we call what? That's right. The Antichrist. Satan's son will be filled with his power. That's why the Bible teaches in Revelation 13, the Antichrist or the Bible calls him there. What? The beast. He's called the beast. That's why he can speak with these great words. Why? He's empowered with the spirit of his father. That's why he can do these great things. The Antichrist would be able to do think miracles that we have never seen before and convince people truly this one must be God, the son of God. But no, he's not the son of God. He is the Antichrist. But how does he do these things? He's filled with the spirit of his father, the devil. Okay. He even comes and, and, and ask for this guys, leave the comment. He even is born of it. See, Satan ain't his father for no reason. He is the Antichrist. His daddy will literally be the devil himself. Satan, not a fallen angel. Satan himself. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Genesis 3 and 15. What did he say? And see, I don't even supposed to be here. I don't even supposed to be here. But since I'm here, the seed of a woman, which we know will be what? The son of God. What happened? Oh, God said unto Mary, the Holy Spirit will come over you and that holy thing shall be the son of God. Same thing. What did he say? And there will be a seed of Satan. Uh, that's for another teaching. But the point is this. And so we even see in Revelation 13 during the time of the Antichrist and the time of the false prophet whom Satan will give great power. What is your point, Eric? Satan has great power. Not a little. Great power. He can do things incredible. And that's what gets on my nerve. And sometimes listening to these stupid songs and these stupid testimonies of people, what you need to do is put your foot on the devil and put your... That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. You don't know who he is. You cannot put your foot on Satan. You have no power over Satan. Only Jesus does. That's why Jesus said, whatever you ask, you ask in my name. But let me tell y'all something. Don't mess around with Satan himself. I, I, let me show you this last thing and then we'll finally get into the teaching because it's long, isn't it? Remember when the Bible says in the book of Jude that at the time when Moses went up to the mountain for the final days to be buried, okay? And God 
was supervising the death and burial of Moses. The Bible says that at that particular time, the devil himself showed up and he wanted authority over the body. He, in other words, he wanted to take Moses's body and the Bible. And, and, uh, I want to always tell you guys all the answers because I be knowing what y'all, what you talking about? What you talking about? Because Moses killed the man. Remember the man that Moses murdered? Okay, but anyway, that was the reason why he showed up. And so he's demanding the body of Moses. You got it? At Moses' burial. But then that's when you see who? Michael. Michael the archangel. Now, guys, see, you have to think what the Bible is saying. Michael is not a simple messenger angel. Archangel means he is the chief. Now here you got Michael. Michael is the head. Remember I told you about those three classes of angels, messenger angels, seraphims, and cherubims. Here's the messenger angel. Michael is the chief of all, I don't know how many millions or even beings of them it might be, but Michael runs all of them. He is the chief. He is the number one of the messenger angels. Michael showed up at this burial and notice, and who was contending? I mean, who was arguing, trying to pick a fight with Michael about the body of Moses? It was Satan himself. Now here is Michael in all of his power and in all of his glory. Notice what the scripture says. Michael did not try to put up no fight with Satan. He didn't argue with him because you know why? Michael knew he was out of his league. He knew that Satan had an authority greater than him, a power greater than his. So Michael could not even rely on his own authority as the chief of the angels when it came to trying to put Satan in his place. What did the Bible say Michael said? The Lord himself rebuke you now. I may not be able to handle you, but as the messenger of God himself, he had to appeal. He had to take the appeal directly to, to the throne of God who rules over everything and everybody got more power than everybody. And Satan, he rule over you and he got more power over you. He rebukes you. But notice, Michael, the Bible says clearly that Michael did not personally contend with him. What's your point, Eric? It is so... And, and, and y'all forgive me for being crass, but let me be myself right now. This is my personality. It is the stupidest thing in the world for any human being to go talking about putting your foot on the devil. If the chief of angels couldn't fool with Satan, what chance do you think you have? None, none at all. So always as Michael respected Satan because of his great authority, so should you. I ain't saying be scared of him. Okay, that's not what I said. I said respect the authority of that creature. All right, now, wasn't that long, guys? And with all that said, all right, let me look at the time. Let, let me, do you mind, guys? Let's go very quickly. And we're going to look at a few points in Ezekiel chapter 28. And there we will look at the origin of Satan. And I guess actually verses go from like 11 through 19. So I don't know how many of these verses I'm going to con continue to cover because just giving you guys all that background took so much time. But it's in Ezekiel 28. All right. All right. Here's the point. 
in Ezekiel 28. Now, although, although God is speaking about a man, that's the ver verses 1 through 10 of 28, okay? But he calls this man the prince of Tyre, all right? When we get to verse number 11, what he's talking about now is the power behind the prince of Tyre. And the power behind the prince of Tyre is he calls him the king of Tyre, the king of Tyre. And you'll see it in the, the text itself lets you know it is not a man. It is Satan himself. Okay. And in studying these passages, we will learn about the origin or where did Satan come from and just who is he? What in the world is he? Okay. I took so much part long in the previous points. So God, so I might cut, cut this a little bit. Verse number 11. Again, the word of the Lord came to me, Ezekiel 28 and 11. Son of man, take up a lamentation. Notice lamentation simply means what? A funeral dirge. It's a mourning song. In other words, whatever is taken. And let me just give you the answer right now since we, we are out of time. God is not pleased with the actions of Satan and God is not happy that he has judged Satan because of his actions. Okay. So that's why I calls it what a lamentations mourning. It don't, it doesn't make God happy to do these things. You know what the Bible said? God, he's grieved over the loss of the wicked. It's not God's will that any man should lost, but be lost, but that what all should come unto repentance. But another thing I could teach y'all something, but I ain't. But the point is this. So God is not happy. Lamentation over the king of Tyre and say to him, thus saith the Lord God. Now, here is the point. Who is Satan? What is he? You had the seal of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Now, guys, allow me. Now I'll give you certain highlights in the Hebrew, but allow me not to go into it too deeply. But just let me simply explain to you what the Hebrew text is saying. OK, so notice it. you had the seal of perfection. Now, when he says seal, the actual Hebrew word here is plan, plan. All right. And notice that plan is a plan that is what for, for the plan or the plan of perfection, seal of perfection. It is complete in wisdom and perfect or complete in beauty. So and see, this is what you have to understand about Satan. So what is he saying? Okay, here's the thing. Let me say it this way. And I want to make you guys understand it. When God created the universe, you got it? Okay. He created all things in the universe in accordance to an eternal plan, an eternal plan. And now everything in the universe will have a manifest beauty. It'll have a beauty in accordance to the set plan of God for that creature. But it would be limited. In other words, okay, how can I say it to make you understand it? Okay, watch this. Watch this. Say, for instance, this is a creature of God, my eyeglasses, okay? And say, for instance, this is a creature of God, this remote control. And God says, okay, eyeglasses that I'm creating, in my whole plan of beauty, you will be this pretty. 
Can I say it like that? And this wise, okay? This much, all right? And say, for instance, this. And for you, you will have this much beauty and this much wisdom. That's why you see different creatures in creation they don't all look the same. Some things we say are pretty and some things we say this is more attractive. And then we even say some things are what? Or this is really pretty. It fits the plan of God. God made things to reflect a certain amount, a limited amount of beauty and a limited amount of wisdom. Let me say it this way then. Notice something, guys. Even in the animal creation, Right. Notice now we can see a certain amount of, of instinct in all animals, but we can see a varying degree of intellect among the different species. Notice when you see certain animals, sometimes we call them dumb animals and then some, some like dogs. Dogs can be very smart. But then let's look at the apes. Then sometimes we confuse that mess with evolution and we see you say, wow, they resemble a lot. Kind of like us a little bit. That's because when God made his creation, he says, and I give you this much wisdom. I give you maybe a little more wisdom. So you see that intellect that varies. Okay. Varying degrees of what? Beauty and varying degrees of what? Intellect. But here is the point. When he made his God, when God made Satan, Okay, we're calling him now Satan, but he wasn't initially called Satan. Actually, he Satan's name, when God gave him a name, God called him Star of the Morning. Star of the Morning, or we sometimes call it the Morning Star. And that's because of all the glory that he had. He shined literally in the presence. Of, we'll talk about it. So, but the point that we're making here is this. So now remember the plan of beauty. It goes up God's, he, so he got the full plan uh, and, and all of creation will go to beauty up to this much. And all of the wisdom of God's created things will go up to this much. And every creature had only so much of it limited. But when he made Satan, notice again, you had the seal in the plan of God it was complete. Satan had, God says, I make things up to this in beauty. He made Satan the most beautiful of all creatures. Number one, what am I, why am I harping on this? All that mess about Satan being ugly, being red with a tail. Let me tell you something. If you saw Satan, you would say he was the prettiest thing you have ever seen in your life. Why? Because when God created him, he made him in all of his creation. He had the absolute fullness of whatever, whatever you sum up beauty to be. He had it all. And notice not only in beauty, but what in wisdom. That's why you can't play with the devil. You cannot outsmart the devil. Why? When God made Satan, put it this way. Now we know that God has what all knowledge. OK, but now God gives knowledge to creatures in creation, but to a point. But when he made Satan, he says, I tell you what I'll do for you. I'll give you the fullness of all knowledge. You can't have all knowledge like me, 
but all created knowledge, I put it inside of you from the moment of your creation. So you, let me say it like this, guys, you ain't going to never be able to outwit the devil. Why? Because he has a wisdom from God himself that is no other creature is smarter than him. Why? God made him so. He is the prettiest thing in all of creation, even now. He is the wisest, but something happened with that wisdom. All right. Let's go to verse number 13 then. So, you, so now you see where he come from and how he was created. You were in Eden, the garden of God. And the guys, allow me just simply to read through this point and I'll explain it. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering. Ruby, topaz, diamond, beryl, onyx, jasper, lapis, lazuli, turquoise, emerald. And the gold, the workmanship of your settings and sockets. Watch that was in you on the day that you were created, they were prepared. All right, let's break it down into like three pieces. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Now here he is not talking about the Eden when you see Adam. He is talking about, and ask me for that, maybe I'll do a teaching on that. He is talking about the original garden of Eden. You gotta, and I don't want you to be confused too much, so let me just simply make some comments on it, okay? By the time you get to Genesis 1 and 2, notice you see the whole world is flooded. That's because God has judged and destroyed this planet. This is because it was ruled over by Satan. But let me just go on. And so the original Garden of Eden, I ain't talking about the Adam of Adam. The original Garden of Eden was a mineral garden. It was a garden of valuable jewels. So when you look at it, it had layers, not of dirt, but layers of jewels. What jewels? Ruby, topaz, diamond, beryl. And this was where Satan was in the original Garden of Eden, walking. And that is the idea of ministering before God upon these stones. OK, and that's what he did. He was the angel in the original garden made of jewels. Now, the garden of Adam was made of what? Earth. Remember that? Because it's different. One was for Satan. The other one is for man. Different dwelling places. But anyway, let me just go on. And so all of these were in the garden. And also the verse lets us know that notice and the goal, the workmanship of your settings and sockets. So he has a breastplate that also has these same what stones in them and notice we can see this breastplate also in what the high priest blessed breastplate okay and we don't have time that's why you have to know your old testament guys but in the old testament when we had the high priest the one who was over all of the priests who ministered in the tabernacle okay he had a special uh, vesture and it was made of gold and it also had what these stones in it representing what the 12 tribes of Israel and these stones. What did it say by these stones? When he would appear before God, he would bear upon his chest the sons of Israel representing them before God. And that's what we see Satan is doing as he himself has this same workmanship and this gold vesture with all of these stones that we just made. What is he also doing? 
functioning as a high priest of what? It ain't no men, the high priest of the angels themselves. And you'll also see that developed in the same point of the angels themselves as Satan, the greatest of all angels, Satan represents the angels of God before God. He is the greatest of them all. And what are you doing, Satan? I am representing all of them, all of the messenger angels, all of the seraphs, all of the cherubs, because he is the chief. I am representing them before you. And then notice it says too. now, here's the point. And I know, and allow me simply just, just deal with it, guys. Workmanship of your settings and sockets. Okay. Now that word that you see for settings and settings is actually the word for tambourine. And the word that you see for sockets is actually the Hebrew word for flute. So notice what you see. Musical instruments being associated with Satan. That's why you hear Bible say Satan led the choir in heaven. He did. So the point that God is making here is this. Satan is also the leader of those who worship God as the chief of all angels, as the priest of all, high priest of all angels. And you're going to see that one. You're going to see that one. You're not going to just take my word for it. High priest of all angels. He was also the angel who led in the worship of God. Right? tambourines and sockets and notice was in you notice again verse number 13 on the day that you were created which lets us know what this is not a man all men other than Adam were what born everybody Adam was the only man Adam and Eve only two creatures who were created everybody else was born but this creature was what created so let you know what he was an angel of God that's only the angels there were no angels ever born angels were all created okay now there were some half breed angel and humans Genesis chapter 6 but all angels were created directly by God on the day that you were created they were prepared the only thing I want to simply say is this notice in all of the glory in his what his beauty Prettiest thing in, that ever existed. In his wisdom, nothing is smarter than him. Nothing, 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 nothing. Okay? And then you see the glory of his splendor and the jewels. And notice where he's walking in the garden. That joker walking on jewels. He don't walk on dirt. Right? And all of, and his, his priestly uh, uh, functioning before uh, uh, for the other angels. And then we see his worshiping of God. And notice what it says, and all of that was by design of God. Notice, on the day you were created, they were prepared. So he was created to be this kind of being of glory and splendor. But anyway, let's go on. 14, you were the anointed cherub who covered and I place you there. And let me just simply, let me deal with that. Notice we see two things. Now the word anointed comes from the same word, Mashiach, from which we get Messiah. Okay? So it tells us that, and, and first, but, but let me tell you what he was. So it tells us the type of angel. Remember, cherub is the highest order. So God created him as what? A cherub. You know, that's what the plural form, cherubim. So here, Man, this verse got some power. But listen, let me just say, take my time. 
God created him, cherub, as the order of the highest angel. So he is in that class. I don't know how many of them there are, okay? But he is in that class. But notice what it says. You were the anointed. That literally means that God took him from among the cherubs and anointed him. And that's why, remember I told you he was the priestly? He is the greatest of all. So remember, the cherubs got the highest order of all angels. God put his hand on Satan, took him out from among the cherubs, and God anointed him and says, you are the greatest of all my creations. You are the Messiah angel. <laughs> Boy, he was something wonderful. He's an anointed cherub, and notice what he says, who covers. Now, I know that it uses it kind of like in a verbal sense, who covers, okay? But actually, this word is a noun, and it's actually referring to, and let me just simply say it, guys, because it's too long already. It's referring to the throne of God. God, God has a literal throne that he sits on okay and what he means by cover is this he is the is talking about the covering or the one who stands above what is the point that i'm trying to make this anointed this messiah angel god has a wonderful and remember the throne of god that is the holiest place in the world all right you in existence you you careful with that only the cherubs, the highest order of angels, and that makes sense too, doesn't it? Will surround the throne seat of God himself. But concerning the throne seat of God, Satan was placed in a position literally as a cherub, an angel, hovering above the throne of God itself. Can you, okay, I can't imagine what this was like, but what God is trying to tell us is you ain't never seen glory until you saw the glory that I gave him. OK, that he existed above the throne. And that is as God's representative. See, the idea. Let me just cut through the blah, blah. You come before the throne of God. Guess who you must come before first? Satan. Why? He is over the throne. Over don't mean ruling over. It just simply means given a place of authority. That's all he's saying. An authority above what? All other creatures in existence. And the creatures who come, come before the throne of God, you first see, like we say, you got to see me before you see the man. <laughs> That's the idea. He is the one who existed in one of his first existences. He's not there no more, of course. But that's what he has. That was a place of extreme exaltation, okay? And that's why, let me just give you the nugget so you'll understand it and appreciate it and you'll know what I'm telling you is the truth. When you go to the book of Ezekiel, and remember when Ezekiel was caught up in the spirit, all right, uh, 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 in Babylon, remember he himself, Ezekiel saw in the spirit the throne of God. And what did he see? Notice underneath the throne listen remember the, the four corners of the throne were what these were certain angels what kind of angels did ezekiel say they were he said they were cherubims what remember satan is a cherubim 
And where were they at? And there was a cherubim on one side. Remember the wheel? Cherubim on the other side. Cherubim right there. Cher right there. Notice, but they were all underneath the throne of God. And the whole point of this is this. As if they were what? Bearing up God's throne. You see it now? These cherubs. What's the point? Cherub, highest order of angel. They will have, they will be in the closest proximity to God's throne. You got it? And so there you saw them, what? Underneath the throne of God. But before then, and, and, and that's why it's a wonderful thing. Satan was once above it. But, but the reason why when you get to Ezekiel, many thousands of years later, Satan had got dethroned. Satan was cast down. So notice when you get to Ezekiel, he's no longer there. Why? Because God has cast him out. But the point I'm stressing is when you, when you get to Ezekiel, here's what I'm trying to prove to you. Cherubims are near the throne of God. They're bearing it up. What does Ezekiel here say? He says that before then, there was one particular one who was over that throne. He had great power, great authority, and the highest access to God. All right. 14. So let me keep going. Uh, I was saying he was the anointed cherub who over the throne. Why? Notice what God said. Why are you over the throne in such a high place? I placed you there. <laughs> Man, I mean, okay, it's too long, guys. God put him above his throne. See how one, see, okay, why am I dealing with this? Man, he had everything and he blew it all. Okay, he had everything. He had everything, beauty with, he blew it all. All right, let's just go on. You are on the holy mountain of God. You walk in the midst of the stones of fire. That's once again referring to Eden. Okay, stones of fire. And now let's get to verse number 15. Okay, Satan's sin. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created. Notice, Satan was what? He was holy all this time. He was a righteous being. He had never, ever sinned until from the very day of his creation until what? Verse 15, unrighteousness was found in you. Now, there was a particular point that Satan sinned against God. Now you got it. You see, he was wonderful. He was perfect. Everything that we just said until one moment in his life. And we'll talk about that later on when he talk about the exact sin of Satan or the motivation of the sins of Satan. That's found in Isaiah. But now he's talking about now Satan in all of the glory that God had given him, beauty, wisdom, everything above the throne, everything he sinned until unrighteousness is found in you. Let's go to verse number 16. Let's see what's going on. I'll explain it and we'll get ready to end it. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally filled with violence and you sinned. See, notice now abundance of your trade. Now don't he's using a language to kind of, based upon the king stuff, but let me just go ahead and explain it, guys. So we, let me cut through the mustard. The Hebrew literally is saying this, by abundance of your trade, it means going back and forward. See, trading. What would you be trading? Here, here, here. Satan was literally running 
to and fro from angel to angel, Revelation 13. Bad-mouthing God, blaming God, speaking evil against God. Now, we know the intent. That's Isaiah. That's for another lesson I just told you about, Isaiah 14. We know the intention because that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to be God. So what did he do? He ran, Revelation 13, Revelation 12, I'm sorry, guys, if I said 13, but 12, to the angels, angel to angel. I don't know what he said. <laughs> the Bible didn't say what he said, but it simply said he was trafficking in this violence, in the bad mouthing of God, in this trade from angel to angel, trying to influence them against God, to take his side, to take the devil's side, and rebel against God. So notice what he said. What did you do? Verse number 16, you're going back and forward, moving against God, filling himself, Satan being filled with violence. That's the rebellion. Filled with what? Violence, Hamas. That is the rebellion of Satan in heaven itself. And that's why, remember, you should look at that teaching, why Jesus had to say to Mary Magdalene, what? Do not uh, cling to me. Why? Because I got to go to heaven. What does he have to do in heaven? He has to cleanse the temple of heaven. Remember, Satan, flutes and tambourine, he leads the worship where? In heaven. But what did he do? He sinned. He, he convinced the angels, some a third of them, to rebel against God and in violence, trying to overthrow God and what in sin. And therefore, what did he do? And we'll talk about that, too. But you're seeing it now. He pollutes heaven. He pollutes the temple tabernacle of heaven. And therefore, Jesus has to cleanse the tabernacle. How? With the blood of the Messiah, with his own blood. But that but here's what you see it. So what? Uh, 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 what was that, y'all? Verse number 16, you were internally filled about and you sins. Now you see, therefore, and here's the judgment that God has pronounced upon Satan. I have cast you as profane from the mountain of God. That's why, the, in other words, cast you as profane. He loses his authority in the original Garden of Eden. I didn't say the Garden of Adam. I didn't say that. Now he gained authority back in Adam's Garden of Eden when Adam sinned and he became the prince of rule and ruler of this world. That's when Adam sinned. But originally he had the authority over the original garden of Eden, the garden of jewels initially. And what did God say? So number one, we understand that his place over the throne of God cast down. And number two, from the holy mountain of God with reference to the garden of Eden, what? He threw him out and that's when you see God destroyed Satan's dominion. And what was Satan's dominion? The earth itself. The earth itself. He ruled over the earth. That's why, saints, when you get to Genesis 1 and verse 2, you see the whole world flooded. Why? Because God had judged the kingdom of Satan. That's what's going on. That's for another teaching. But let's go back. I've thrown you from the mountain of God. I have destroyed you. Notice, oh, covering Cherub. See that place where he once covered? He thrown down from that. 
from the midst of the stones of fire. Stones of fire, the reference back again, what? The garden of Eden. So he lost those positions of honor above God's throne in the original garden of Eden. Why? What, what was in him? What happened? Verse number 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. <laughs> Ladies, that's why we don't need to be in the mirror. And gents too, too long looking and staring at ourselves. What did it say? And I, I deal with it point by point. Satan continually admired the beauty that God gave him. Remember at the very beginning of our teaching, how beautiful was he? In the whole plan, God said, this is my full plan of how pretty something will be. And he said, Satan, I'm going to give it all to you. Ain't nothing going to be prettier than you. He kept looking at himself and looking at himself and admiring his beauty. And his heart became corrupted with pride, loving himself instead of loving the one who gave him that beauty. Let's keep going in verse number 17. Your corrupted wisdom by reason of your splendor. And see, notice he took great pride. And remember I told you about the wisdom that God gave so much to this creature, so much of that, a little more, a little more. Or but when he came to Satan, he said, I give all of it to you. That was, he had that. And he got lifted up in pride because of that. But notice when he sinned against God. Okay, let me just give you all this quick answer. Sometimes you wonder, you say, you look at, you say, now Satan know God made him. And Satan know that God know everything, even everything from the beginning, right? And God knows more than Satan. Why don't, why does Satan do the things that he do? Isn't he smart enough to realize he's going to lose? He, he, but notice, what did God say happened to his wisdom when he sinned? Verse number 17. Now this tells you why Satan does what he does. Even though he had pure Un divine wisdom in the beginning. But when he sinned, that wisdom became corrupted. So now that's why he, he's smart. Now you can't, can't none of us handle him because he's still the greatest of all. Okay. But it's crooked. It's perverse. His wisdom has been corrupted. Why? Because he sinned. So that's why he does what he does. Because he messed up. <laughs> all right. But all of this is because of what? Because he was so great. All right. So let me get to the verse number uh, 17 and on down. Therefore, what? I cast you to the ground. I put you before kings. Right. All right. And let me get to verse number 18 so we can hit this final point. And guys, let me hit this one and stop because we're talking about the origin of Satan, who he is, where he came from and what in the world happened. Okay, 18, by the multitude of your iniquities. Remember, what is he doing? Back and forth with the angels, back and forth with the angels. God, this, God, that, blah, 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 and starts a war in heaven. Multitude of iniquities. In the unrighteousness of your trade. That's what he's doing, right? Notice what he said he did. Here's that earlier teaching that I just told you guys about. You, what did you do? You profaned your sanctuaries. In other words, remember, Remember, he says, in your settings and your sockets. Remember that? And I told you those Hebrew words meant what? In your uh, uh, tambourine and in your fruits. Flute, I'm sorry. That is, in him were the instruments of praise. Satan led the worship. The worship where? In the temple of God in heaven. 
right? And what did he say he did in verse number 18? In all of his sinning, what did he do? He profaned those sanctuaries. What sanctuaries? Remember, there are two sanctuaries. The sanctuaries in heaven and the sanctuaries on earth, which was in the Garden of Eden. First sanctuary. All right. So Satan also had what? A sanctuary on earth in his own Garden of Eden. So what did he do? By his sins, he profaned the sanctuaries, sanctuaries of heaven, making it unclean. Therefore, Jesus have to do what? Cleanse it with his own blood and the sanctuaries on earth. God, therefore, doing what? Destroying it. Also, Jeremiah, I think, chapter four. But anyway, we don't have time to go through all of that. You profaned your sanctuaries. And then we talk about the judgment. Therefore, I brought fire from the midst of you. It has consumed you and blah, 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 blah. But anyway, I'm not going to worry about going through chapter verse number 19. This has been a long teaching. Thank you guys for staying with me. But what am I trying to show you in all of this? Satan is powerful. Satan is you, you can't deal with him when it comes to knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Satan is beautiful. That's why you don't want to be tempted by Satan. My God. When in Jesus said, what did he tell Peter and the rest of the disciples? Satan has made a request to God to do what? Sift you like wheat. And if you, and I don't have time for that teaching, but Jesus said, Jesus' whole point was, and he's going to be successful. You don't want Satan to come for you because if Satan should personally come for you, God help us all. Now, we can't. That's why the Bible teaches us. You cannot fight the devil. All you can do is resist the devil. Why? You don't have the wisdom. You don't have the power. You don't have the authority. All we can simply say is the same thing Michael, the chief of all angels, said. Satan, I can't handle you, but I, there is one who can? The Lord himself. Therefore, the Lord rebuke you. And can I leave you guys with one more little beautiful lesson? Show you. Don't never worry. But don't you ever play with Satan. We can't handle him. And Jesus, after the Holy Spirit came upon him, Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted. And after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And who showed up himself? Not a demon. Uh-uh. Yeah, a demon, all right. The prince of demons. Satan himself. And in Jesus' uh, 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 physically weakened state, he Satan threw everything he could at him to tempt him to fall. Now, he would have got us with that. If you be the son of God, turn the stone to bread, took him to the high place, I'll give you all of this. And notice, Jesus didn't tell him, no, you won't. Took him to the high place, showed him all the kingdoms of this world. Why can he show them all the kingdoms of this world? That's power. How, you, how do you show somebody all the kingdoms of the world at one? How do you do that? Satan did. What kind of power does he have, y'all? But he showed it to Jesus. What did he say? I will give you all this if you bow down and worship me. Now, notice Jesus didn't call him a liar at that. He didn't argue. Satan is the prince and power of this world. He is the ruler of this world. He could have. And Satan said, what did Jesus? And I can give it to whomever I choose. Yeah. Oh. Jesus didn't say, no, you can't. But Jesus rejected that. 
right? And then he tried to get him to tempt God in the very end. But the whole point is this. When Jesus was at the end of his temptation, notice, Jesus dismissed Satan. Jesus dismissed Satan. Depart from me. He didn't ask him to leave. He told him to leave. We cannot command Satan, but we can hold our peace. We can hold our ground and we can say in the name of one who has authority over you, Jesus, we can say, Satan, leave me alone and we can just resist him. But my point is, he is a creature of magnificence like you've never seen before. All right, guys, thank you for joining me in that extremely long teaching concerning the origin and the identity of Satan. Hope you enjoyed the lesson. If you have, I tell you what, guys, leave me some comments. Tell me what you think, all right? And by the way, of course, if you haven't subscribed, be a good time to do so. And be careful to hit that notification button so you'll know whenever I upload another lesson. All right, guys, we'll be coming back at you with additional teachings on Satan, his failure, his future, and what's to come in follow-up lessons. So stay with me.